It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day everyone, welcome to episode 125 of the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, a betting preview of the 2021 and 22 championship season and we'll also talk a little bit of League 1 and League 2. Joining me, as you can see on the right-hand side of my screen, Nigel Seely. How are you, mate? I'm very well, Alex, very well. Looking forward to the... uh... To start the football league season, looking forward to the start of the Premier League. Glad to see you uh, back on you. I know see George is bottled here again. He knows the competition is uh, is tough and he's he's thrown broke the white flag. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back, mate. Um, does you know it's only it's only a few weeks ago when it was the Euro twenty twenty, wasn't it? You know, yeah. and you couldn't turn on Twitter, couldn't turn on Twitter without seeing me with a pint of Stella in my hand and the Wembley matches. But uh, now, what four weeks after that, five weeks after that, we're starting a new season. It just Never stops, is it, in the world of sports betting? Yeah, how's the stomach, mate? Is it is it fully recovered after the the summer of Sealy? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's put on a, it's got a bit bigger. A few a few notches on the uh, on the belt have gone up a little bit, but uh, other than that, no, we're, yeah, we're fine, mate. We're we're a finely tuned athlete. You know, these athletes who go to Olympic Games have four years of preparation. That's what I am when it heads into European Championship or World Cup. I'm fully focused on two weeks on a on a four week process of drinking lots of alcohol, lots of beer, and I'm a fully focused athlete heading into a major championship. Yeah, yeah, it's inspirational stuff, mate. We might have to get you back <laughs> on the old. Uh, what was it? The virtual boxing you had to the goggle boxing, whatever you want to call it, with the. Oh the yeah, I've got, got it over there. Yeah, I mean that's what, that's what you need, mate. That'll get you back into shape. That, that that will, but I bought a Peloton as well during the lockdown. During the lockdown, I mean, I've been I've been on it three times. I think I think it's the biggest waste of money I've ever ever had in my life. I started off thinking, oh, this is this is for me, and then all of a sudden, given up completely. I don't know why I've done that. Big waste of money. All right, mate. Well, we'll uh, yeah keep us up to date on Twitter with your uh, with your journey to getting back to full fitness, mate. I'm sure we'll we'll all enjoy <laughs> that. Eh? <laughs> it's going to take a long time. Bear with me. <laughs> All right, uh, mate, before we get into all the betting markets in the championship, just a quick disclaimer for everyone out there watching the channel for the first time. I or no one else on the channel is a financial advisor. This is just educational content aimed at improving your knowledge about sports betting. There is a risk of losing money when betting and what choices you make with your money is completely up to you. So please be responsible, mate. We'll start off with a big bang and probably everyone's, uh, I guess the market everyone gets most excited about here is the winner of the championship and maybe we can take a look at uh, the top two finishing market too. I'll get the odds up on my screen. Fulham, uh, slight favourites there at 6.50 best odds. you got West Brom straight after at 7.50, Sheffield United 8.50 and then Bournemouth as high as 11. So it seems like there's four favourites, I guess you could call it, a four-horse race for the title if you're looking just at the betting. Um, yeah, how do you look at it, mate? Well, I mean, let's this, this, this sort, of, sort of start off with the championship as, as, a, as a nutshell, really. I mean, many years ago, sort of three or four years ago, people would say this was the most competitive league 
in English football, the championship. You know, anyone can beat anyone on a given day. Uh, there's, you know, there's no gulf between the top and the bottom. But gradually, as the years have gone by and the money from the Premier League and the teams that have got relegated from the Premier League with the parachute payments, the teams that have come down from the Premier League have a huge advantage over the teams that have been in the Championship for a long, long time. And I think that is becoming more evident as as we go on. I mean, I, essentially, there should be a Premier League, there should be a Championship, and then you should have a league in the middle with the likes of West Brom, Norwich, uh, and Fulham in it because they just bounce from one league to the other and Watford stick Watford in it as well they go from one league to the other each league each, each season so it's no surprise to see that the, the relegated clubs Fulham, West Brom and Sheffield United are the top three favourites to get immediate return back if you look last season obviously with a season affected by Covid and no fans in the stadium the three relegated teams from the Premier League two of them went straight back in Norwich and Watford and the other team Bournemouth failed in the playoffs so it's I know I know yes last season was a was a strange one obviously with no fans but you, you would think that those three teams who got relegated will be certainly in the mix again at the end of next season. The question is all three of them have had managerial changes. Every one mm. of them has a, has a new manager in charge. Uh, Fulham have Marco Silva, obviously the guy who, who was manager at Watford. They're brilliant at Watford. Went to Everton was probably a little bit too early for a big move to a big club and the expectation probably he didn't deliver. Uh, you've got West Brom, who's got uh, Valerian Ishmael, the guy who um, um, did a brilliant job last year at Barnsley. I mean, you know, we talk about teams that the, the, the top teams come through. Barnsley with exception to the rule last year of what they did. And the manager was fantastic. But his first job at West Brom was to clear out virtually the whole team. I mean, he had to get rid of about 10 or 15 players. And I think they're going to take a little bit of time to to, to, to get keep going. Same with Fulham. Fulham have got a whole host of changes as well. They've got Mitrovic up front. Now, Mitrovic didn't didn't play much last season. Scott Parker didn't play him. Uh, but obviously, in the Championship, he's a different beast. You know, there's, there's certain players who can play at this level of football. Dwight Gale, for example, was one of those players. Score lots and lots of goals in the Championship. When they go into the Premier League, just find that little bit too much. But they're going to take their fight time to find their feet, I think. I think that there's no doubt about it. West Brom and Fulham will be in the shake-up. But I don't think they're going to hit the ground running at the beginning. I think a lot of changes, um, a lot of managerial changes, a lot of different ideas of the way the manager wants to play football. And I think that, OK, yeah, they are the favourites in terms of what they've got, their, their, their squad, their, their, their financial power. But I think it's going to take them a bit of time, especially West Brom. I think West Brom will take a little, you know, I think there'll be a different team after Christmas or before Christmas. So for that reason, if you're looking at the, 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 the team's, other than those those top two, I think Sheffield United here are um, are, are, are uh, will be my idea of the winners. I mean, I bet them yesterday at eight to one. Um, I don't know if the eight to one's still there. Um, yeah, point five, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, they were sorry. Nine nine point zero would be the price I bet them. That was mm. with Coral, and they're they're, they're eight point five now. But so not nine nine eight to one. I bet them. And the reason I like them is obviously they've, they've got a new manager, Chris Wilder as well has, has departed and he was fantastic for, for Sheffield United. He, he epitomises what Sheffield United was about, Chris Wilder. He was, you know, he was he was the manager of the perfect club. Um, but they brought in Jokanovic, Jofanovsky, the guy, I can never pronounce these names, but Jovanovsky, the guy who was the manager at, um, at Watford. He got Watford promoted from the championship. And he also got Fulham promoted from the championship. So he's, he's been at the, the championship level in two clubs and got them straight back out. And unlike West Brom and Fulham, 
Sheffield United have had no departures. They are virtually the same team, the same squad, just a different manager. And the manager, I think, no one, he, he knows his level of football. He knows how to win this division. He knows how to get teams out of this division. And Sheffield United with the same side, no, no, nothing at all will change. The only thing they may change, that, 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 that the, the goalkeeper, Aaron Ramsdale, is a, um, is a high priority for Arsenal. Arsenal might want to buy the goalkeeper. But if they get thirty million for him, that is a fantastic bit of business because I, I, I don't rate him. I think he's I think he's a shot stopper. He, 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 but I think some of his positioning, he's at fault for a lot of goals last season for Sheffield United. And I think if they, he can get thirty million for him, that's a true bit of business. And I think that enhances their chances. They invest wisely. They've got a striker in Rian Brewster who they bought from Liverpool for twenty seven million pound. Didn't do anything in the Premier League. Didn't do anything useless. But you've got to remember this is this is the championship, and, and you know it, he, you know when he's when he's going to the to the teams towards the bottom of the table in like a Peterborough or Blackpool, he should shine. And so yeah, I think I, I think they, they they've got a great chance. And there's another reason why. If you look at Sheffield United's performances towards the end of last season, they improved massively. They were pretty much gone by Christmas time. You know, they were so far adrift, but they got better and better. They accepted their fate, and they were building for this. Knew they were going to get relegated. They were building for this. What this season would hold. And the other thing, which is massive for Sheffield United, is huge, more so than Fulham, more so than West Brom, is fans will be allowed in the stadium. Now, if, you, if, you ever, if you ever go to Sheffield United, to Bramwell Lane, it is absolutely rocking. The place is electric. When fans were allowed in the stadium, when the lockdown first started it, Sheffield United were in a UEFA League place in the, in, in the Premier League. That's how high they were doing then they just fell off a cliff. And I can't, you know, you can't say all of it was to do with the, um, the fact that no fans and the performances were really poor. But a lot of it contributed to the fact they had no fans. Certain games that they, they would have would have got something from without having that influence of a, a passionate support behind them. And I think if you look at the data of any side in the Premier League who suffered most without any fans, Sheffield United were number one and number two were Liverpool. And I think now with, with the fans back in the stadium again, the rocking full house, at their level, these players' level, I think mm. out of the three, if you're looking for a bit of value, I think Sheffield United would be the uh, would be the would be the pick for me. So you mentioned that all three of these top favoured clubs have got a new manager. Why is it the Sheffield United? With the, is there like a difference? Would you say because from memory, this uh, guy came in, didn't he, at the end of the Premier League season? So he has had no, a no, it's a, diff- it's a different guy. It's a different guy. Oh, they, had right a, right. Like, they had a guy. They had a guy. In, they had a guy in towards the end of the season, and they brought um, this this new manager in in the um, in the summer. The difference between this manager and the manager at Fulham and West Brom is this manager's been with two clubs in the Championship and got promotion with both of those clubs in Watford and Fulham. So he knows the division inside out. Even though he's a new manager, he knows the surroundings very well. Um, I, I, I I just I just feel that there's a, there isn't much change, and the players at Sheffield United work hard. They, they just found themselves out of the depth in the Premier League, you know, and, and games where they, they where they were sort of getting results when they were doing really well a couple of years ago, they were getting results riding on the back of the home support and raising their game levels. And obviously without the fans in their games, they was drop. But um, I think it's a shrewd appointment in the manager position. I think, you know, it, it's the right appointment for, for this, for this division and the players they have are championship top championship players uh, they're not they're poor Premier League players but they're top championship players and I, I, I just think that they, they would be that out of the three I, mean, I don't think there's much between the three and purely from a value point of view 
you know, if you're getting five and a half to one Fulham or uh, eight to one Sheffield United, I think Sheffield United, I do think West Brom will come good because they always do well in the championship. But I think with so many changes and, and Pereira, one of their better players, wants to leave as well. So that, that, they, they've got rid of about 11 players. Um, that's, gonna, that's a big upheaval to, to expect to come straight away. But I think after Christmas, the cream will rise to the top. But I think Sheffield United might have the front run on all of them at the beginning. Yeah, do you think there's a, I guess, an opportunity there to back, you know, like you said, Fulham and Westborough might get off to a slower start to the season. Is that something you might be looking at to come Christmas or, you know, maybe even a bit earlier or later, just, uh, yeah, a, a, a mid-season play for the winner? Well, I think I think if you can if you can play those at the moment, if you, I do think those three are the best three. I mean, Bournemouth are probably the team that could could challenge them. They got Scott Parker, the former Fulham manager, in. in I think the rest of them are, are struggling for playoff places. I do think those three, the cream wise, are the top. But I think you'll get a better price on the on West Brom, particularly as the season goes on. So I think they'll drop points. So if you can form a book or you can have a portfolio where you've got those three sides running for you. At decent odds, say you get eight to one, all three of them at some stage of the season, you've got a two to one chance that one of them will win the league. And I think that's a great play or a great strategy to have heading into the championship season. Yeah, okay, nice, mate. And there any smokies outside of the the top three or four, like Cardiff, Middlesbrough, Nottingham Forest, QPR, Stoke? Any of them you think have any hope of of challenging for the title? I I don't think they have hope of challenging for the title, but. a team that I think will do very, very well this season is QPR. Um, I went, I've been to watch them twice in pre-season. I saw them play Manchester United and they won 4-2. And I saw them play Leicester last Saturday and it was a 3-3 draw. Now, you might turn around and say, well, it's, it's a pre-season friendly. You know, no, don't look much into that. Well, well Man United had uh, Jesse Lingard playing. They had Matic playing. They had Ramba Saka playing. Uh, they had Greenwood playing. And QPR battered them. I mean, absolutely battered them. 4-2. And they could have scored more. And then Leicester, they had Jamie Vardy playing. They had Barnes playing. They had the centre-half, whose name escapes me, who played for Turkey in the European Championship. And they had uh, Ignacio playing. They had the new signing uh, striker they got up front playing. And QPR were absolutely all over them uh, and were 3-1 three, were three up. And then QPR made about 10 cha- – oh, no, 2-0 up, I think it was. Then they made about 10 changes to the team. And then obviously that the changes let let um, let Leicester in, but there's something special going on at QPR. The manager signed a new contract. Uh, the assistant manager was heavily linked to go to Swansea's. The manager turned it down to stay at QPR. They've recruited incredibly well in the in the transfer window. They bought a guy from Fulham called Stefan Johansson for about half a million pounds. He was on loan last season. He was a brilliant playmaker. Probably one of the best signings in the, in the championship this season. They bought a fullback. Uh, from Sheffield Wednesday, who, whose quality got some pace. And the, probably the big important thing for him is now is Charlie Austin's return, um, a proven goal scorer. It's a, form of, a formidable partnership with with Dykes, the Scottish international up front. So um, they've got goals in them. Uh, they've got a brilliant captain and centre-half in in, in uh, Rob Dickey. Um, and I think they've got a really, really good squad. I, I don't think they'll win it because I think a couple of injuries, especially to Charlie Austin, you know, he's not getting any younger. And if he if he gets injured or they get a problem to, to one of the centre-halves, they're in trouble. But um, certainly they could be the side that could surprise and, 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 and push into the, into the playoff spots for me. Yeah, so, I mean, that probably transitions well to the to the next market we're looking at now, the, the promotion 
market? Is that something that you're looking for QPR there, promotion or uh, possibly a top six finish, which I could get the markets up for? Yeah, the thing is with promotion is that, you know, I think QPR's best chance to get up. Now, I don't think they're going to get it automatic, but their best chance is to squeak a playoff place. So once they get to the playoff place, say you bet them at seven to one to to make the to make the to go get promoted. If you get them into the playoff place and they're into the last in, with the four, they're probably going to be four to one underdogs in the playoff place. So you're better off just to try to cash on a top six finish at a lower lot price rather than take them to be promoted because I think it's 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 better it's better sense or better better. But a logic to take them to do that because they are going to be, you know, if, if they're playing, say, Bournemouth or they play a Sheffield United or they play a Fulham or something like that in the playoffs, then QPR will be the underdogs quite clearly, like like Barnsley were last season. So, yeah, I think that. I think that would say, I think Nottingham Forest will have a good year. I think uh, Cardiff will do well. Good manager, Mick McCarthy. He's done a fantastic job there when he came in the end of last season, you know, and they're, they're, they're sky high. Of the teams towards the end, top I think might struggle. I don't think Barnsley will replicate what they did last year. I think um, Middlesbrough will, will, won't won't do what what they did last year. I think Swansea, who missed out, also will, will struggle. So they're the teams I think will go downwards. But I think Nottingham Forest, managed by Chris Hewton, um, you know they, they were steadily going about their business last season. I think they could do okay. Cardiff will do okay. And I think QPR of that of those sort of three sides that would be the sides that you would want to look at to uh, to have a good season and, to, and maybe <clears throat> make a, a top six finish. Yeah. Okay. So you've got <laughs> yeah Nottingham at as high as three point seven five. I think you mentioned Middlesbrough too. They're at three point. No, I would have them as a ne- I would have them as a negative. I, I don't. Think oh, sorry. Do well. Yeah, I heard you wrong. And then you've and I got, think Swansea, uh, Swansea, Swansea would be a negative. I mean. The three teams that I would be looking at there would be Cardiff at three, London Forest at three, seven, five, and QPR. And the teams that I would want to take on would be Middlesbrough and Swansea and Barnsley. And I think they're the three sides that I would want to take on. Yeah, is that, is that something you you do? Is I don't know. I guess lay them at the exchanges. No, because basically I, I have I, I have to rate the sides for the to run the simulations for the um, for the season and and to look at the matches. So. Uh, usually, I have a negative for sides or a positive for sides, and if I don't want to bet them long term, I start betting them in the matches in the first six to seven weeks to see b- before the market forms in the way that I feel. You know, the start of the season, the, prim- the start of any football league season, could be the biggest success in the first six weeks if you've got your your, your, your ratings and you're right, and then the, the market forms, or you could stand alone and get it completely wrong and and, and lose fortunes. So it's it's always a, a time of the year where you just start off a little bit cautious. But um, a couple of seasons ago, pretty much every side that I earmarked that I wanted to be with, the the the, the, the bookmakers and the uh, changed their their ratings after five to six games with the way that I wanted last season. Everything I touched went went the other way. I got it completely wrong, and I didn't. I couldn't bet a winner for the first six weeks, eight weeks of the season because I was still adamant about my sides. And I, I still think that was to do with a lot of me sort of not factoring the home advantage without fans at the very beginning of the season. Mm. Um, I ne- and I never caught on to that until it was too late, which is which I regret now, even even now. But um, yeah, you know, if you if you if you have a sort of a, a, a set of teams that you like and a set of teams you don't like. You can pretty much get with those teams each week in the opening four to five weeks of the season before any form and anybody can sort of move any anybody. There's any adjustments rated from the bookmakers for their size going forward. 
Yeah. All right. Well said, mate. Um, well, why don't we switch things around and look at the bottom of the ladder now, get the market up on odds checker. So the relegation market, quite short favourites there in, in Derby County. And then you got Peterborough, Huddersfield, Blackpool. Mm. It's kind of very, very tight there between them and Coventry, Preston, Hull, Bristol. I mean, it's 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 a it's a way more interesting race than than the title. You'd have to say just by looking at the odds. Um, yeah, I guess where do you look at it, mate? Well, I mean, Derby. Not not many bookies over here are let, letting you bet on Derby. You know, Wayne Rooney come out about ten days ago and said he's only got nine players to 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 choose from signed up to the side. He can't get any loan players in because of because of the misdemeanors, the financial misdemeanors at the club. Um, and they were something like, they were playing Huddersfield on the weekend uh, and the first set of season Huddersfield, they, I think they were something like, I can't, Huddersfield was something like 2.4 to beat um, Derby 10 days ago. Now Huddersfield are 1.8. You know, there's a, there's, a, there's a big big move on them. But um, I wouldn't rush into betting Derby to get relegated at 1.8 because they, they reckon they're going to have, they can have a new owner. They can, Things could change. I mean, if they get some points, people are scared. What what the bookies are scared of? They're scared of points deductions. If you bet a team at one point eight in Derby and have ten points deducted, then they're one point two five to get relegated, and that's why they're priced at one point eight because of the fear of you know, fear of points deductions. But there also is, that, you know, if you look at the, there could be a positive. They could have a new owner who turns out. It's a big club derby. The former champions of England. You know, they, they've, they've got a long long history, so they're worth something to somebody. And if an owner comes in and can sort out their problems, we don't know how bad the problems are, but apparently they're really bad behind the scenes. But if someone wants to take a risk, then suddenly they could, they could, they could, their fortunes could change completely. So I wouldn't be betting Derby at one point eight. Obviously, as we stand now, they're the side that everybody wants to be with because people are reading the horror stories that are coming out of the club. But that can change by Christmas very, very quickly. So I wouldn't be betting Derby if you were looking for a couple of teams that w- will struggle. I think. I think Reading will struggle a lot more than they did. They missed. They, they got in the playoffs last season. Just missed out the playoffs last season, and um, I think that they could be sucked into a relegation battle at a big price. Lost a lot of their best players. Um, manager, they, their form fell off a cliff towards the end of last year. They started off top of the table in the first part, playing some really attractive football. Uh, I think they could be a side that, that could have a rebase from last season. Uh, the others, Bristol City. I think, you know, Nigel Pearson started off well at Bristol City and then, again, form was really bad, tailing off towards the end of last season. Their goal XG was was probably one of the worst in the division um, that they could struggle. Um, but there would be the two sides I would take out at prices if you were looking for some value. Um, I, I think Peterborough's got goals in them. So, that I, I, you know, I think they could avoid the drop with goals. Blackpool will definitely struggle, but... Um, you know, they know a lot of these sides at the championship, like Blackpool, they know they're going to be in a relegation battle, and that they they set themselves out to finish fourth and bottom to avoid relegation. They they highlight key games and win these key games, will be okay. Whereas a team like Reading or a team like Bristol City could find themselves in a relegation battle very quickly and not have any idea how to get out of it because they don't expect themselves to be in there. So there would be this couple of teams that I'll be looking at. And again, you know, if you're looking at this weekend or the next weekend. Uh, Reading could be a side that uh, the layers are overvaluing on the back of how they performed last season because they've, they've lost a lot of quality players. Mm, is it? I mean, when the market's this close together, is there like 
I guess, I don't know, one particular variable that you like to look at? And, I mean, you know, there's there's obviously a million different variables in, in football, but is there one kind of thing that you like to look at with these sides? Like, is it, I don't know, if they've got a good defence, a good attack, or, you know, maybe they're going, I mean, there's all sorts of factors, but is there kind of one variable that you like to look at to try and separate a few from the pack? Well, I always think obviously goals. I mean, if you've got if you've got a striker at this level who can get you twenty goals a season, you know, you've got half a chance. I mean, Blackburn last season, without the goals of uh, Armstrong, their centre forward, he, he I think he got something like twenty eight goals. I mean, they would have really struggled, really, really struggled. So, you know, but those goals help you out. Blackpool haven't really got much of a goal threat. Peterborough have a goal threat in this division, uh, and, and I look at goals. Huddersfield, for example, they're amongst the favourites to get relegated. They don't have hardly any goal threat. They've got to rely on winning games 1-0, winning games ugly. But I think if you've got someone in that this division or any division who can score you 20 goals a season, then the chances are you've got, you've got a chance of survival. So, um, you know, Reading have lost a lot of their attack-minded players. A lot of them have gone. So the goals might not be there. I mean, they had a, a, a fabulous attack in three last season and there's only one left. So he's not going to get the supply demand. So I think if you can, if, if, if a team suddenly drops by a huge proportion of goals from last year, then that spells trouble for me. Yep. All right, cool, mate. Very interesting. On the subject of goals, we can move forward to the top goal scorer market here, mate. This is where you can probably find some some real real big odds <coughs> here and there. Um, Mitrovic is the top at the favourite, uh, pretty close with uh, Adam Armstrong behind him. Is there any... <coughs> Yeah, I, I mean, it's a completely different market that we're looking at here. I guess there's a lot more variables to take into place, but is there, yeah, is there something you're liking here, mate? Well, Mitrovic um, didn't play at all, hardly any games um, last season uh, in in the in the Premier League. I mean, he was used as a a bit part by Scott Parker. Whether Marco Silva wants to start him, you know, that's you know, he's not a certain starter. You know, in, 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 the, in the championship two seasons ago, he was the top goal scorer. He played every game. Um, but, I, I, you know, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be rushing to back Mitrovic. You know, you want somebody who's going to play every game effectively. You need someone who's going to be with a team. You know, the three things you want to look for is one of them you want to be with a player that is going to play virtually every game. The second thing you want to be is with a player that's got a chance of winning the title or definitely being at the top end of the table rather than the bottom of the table. And the third thing is, is you want somebody who can take penalties. So they're the three boxes you need to tick. Um, and for that reason, I mean, one man there I think stands out, and I think that's Kiefer Moore at uh, Cardiff. He's 16 to 1. Um, he's six foot five. He scores more headers than anybody else. The, the, the Cardiff City team, I think, will do well. I touched on it. And I think Mick McCarthy will, will, will have his side. You know, I potentially could think they could be in the playoffs. Um, they get more crosses in the ball in the box than any other team in the division. He's virtually at the end of all of them. And he's coming off the back of a decent Euros. He played pretty well, I thought, for Wales. Scored a very, very, um, very, very good goal against Switzerland. But the only problem with this division as well, which is another big pro- problem, is we, you know, is if that you get a player here who has a fantastic first half of the season. And then suddenly, like, you know, so, 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 for example, Kiefer Moore, say he's gone 15 goals at Christmas, and there's a club like Burnley at the bottom of the Premier League who are struggling, who need to get a forward in. Yeah. They could quite easily spend £12 million and he's gone. That's the problem. I, mean, I remember betting Chris Wood um, 
in this market a few years ago when Leeds were doing all right. And that's exactly what happened. Chris Wood was sold two months after I had the bet to Leeds and it's over. So, you know, there's a lot, lot you know, I, there's a lot of things to factor in here. Um, certain teams, I think QPR will get a lot of goals this season. You know, I, I, the way they play is attack-minded. But Charlie Austin, um, is the, he'll score goals at this level. But I don't know whether Charlie will be able to play every game for the season. I think he's, you know, he's, he's going to have some injury concerns to play the season. So, but Kiefer Moore will tick every box as we stand now. Um, but my only concern will be whether he, whether he was sold. But um, takes penalties, scores goals, and is with a club that could potentially finish in the playoffs. It's interesting. Look at the odds. I mean, I can get them back up on the screen. Screen, sorry, but <coughs> they have a sky bet at seventeens for Kiefer Moore and Paddy Power have got him at tens. It's quite a it's quite a huge gap. Is this something that you normally see in the in the outright markets? Like normally, they're a little bit closer than that. Yeah, the thing is, there's not really, you know, there's no, not, not many people are going to be betting them. So you're not going to be moving, your, you know, your, your liability isn't going to be as much. You know, it's, you wouldn't see that, a, a big move like that in the Premier League market. You wouldn't have someone like being 17 to 1, I don't know, someone like, um, uh, I don't know, so, so say someone like Abamyang, 17 to 1, and someone else 10 to 1, because there'd be much more uh, handle going on 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 that one. And, and the odds maker would move the price when he saw the handle coming in. And, you know, you, what 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 are people going to have on the key for more? The anti-post markets now in the, in this country and across the world are very very very. Nobody wants to tie their money up. We live in a world where everything's instant. You know, we we we, we can you can have a bet on a spin of a roulette wheel. We can risk a thousand pounds on it, and you can lose a thousand pounds in thirty seconds. That's the nature of, of the client, the better now. That they, they want things instantly. We live in a, a world where you can take a picture, and suddenly the the whole world can you can take a picture thousands of miles away and the whole world can see it. Um, so I think that anti-post markets aren't anywhere near the amount of handle and the volume that they were when I was certainly a trader uh, because people used to bet on credit then. You know, you could, someone would say, listen, I'll have a £5,000 bet with you and you put it in the book and they wouldn't have to pay till May. Now you've got to pay up your five grand now and um, you look at it for nine months. You know, it's, so, 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 so people won't don't want to... It's, it's a very, very... People like listening to it and they like trying to have a parlay or an accumulator. But I think the handle on anti-post bets or future wages is nowhere near the volume as it was many years ago. Oh, mate, the good old days, eh? Well, listen, it, 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 it wasn't good old days. It was just it was just the fact that we lived in a different world. No one had credit yeah. accounts. Credit accounts. You could get a £10,000 10, credit account and put all your anti-post on and then wait to save up for nine months to get the 10 grand. Just move to another country, mate. That's what I Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of people did. I tried many times. <laughs> oh, no other country would have me. That's the trouble. I tried to go to Latvia, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't have me. Oh, funny that. Funny that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't let you in. I'm pretty sure your pictures on the like the all the police officers just about. Um, all right, mate. I think that covers the championship pretty well, and we can kind of wrap up at the end with your best bet. But um, yeah, we might as well take a quick look at League One and League Two. We can start off with League One. Um, I'll just throw it to you, mate. I mean, there's you know there's so many markets here. If we went through them, we'd be here all day. So, is there any like particular bet or particular team player that's really interesting you coming into the League One season? I'll give I'll give you two I'll give you two bets in League One. Um, 
I've got, I've got quite a lot of bets on League One on Premier Sports Space, but obviously I'm digging it. I can't give everything away, but I'll give you a couple of bets. I think Ipswich are going to take some stopping uh, in League One. I remember speaking to you, and I think it was George, and we spoke about Ipswich, and I turned around and said to you that Ipswich don't want to get to the playoffs. I don't know if you can remember me telling you that. I remember uh, we were talking about a League One game, and I said to you, Ipswich didn't want to get in the playoffs. And they I didn't think you should have realised by now that I don't listen to half the things you say, mate. I know, I know, that. I know that. Anyway, I don't know why. I don't know why. I, brought, I know. I don't know why I brought that. But anyway, I um, I remember saying to you that Ipswich didn't want to be in the playoffs, and I know you you laughed at me at the time, and you were, and uh, and what it was was they had a new manager in Paul Cook, and he was told to get rid of the whole squad and get the players he wanted in, and my God, he's done that. He's got rid of some some dead wood at that club. Uh, he's got a new owner. Uh, and he's brought in some quality, quality players in that level of football. Um, you know, he's he's brought in a guy centre half from uh, Rangers uh, in Scotland who was could have played in the Champions League, now playing in League One. Joe Piggott from Wimbledon. I mean, Joe Piggott will get you twenty goals a season, no problem. Uh, and he and he's got a great goalkeeper. Got the goalkeeper from um, Salford, uh, best goalkeeper in League Two by a mile. And he's something Ipswich are really, really, really going to take some stopping. I, I think they're the standout team. Uh, they're joint favourites along with Sunderland, but every year we have Sunderland's joint favourites in this division. And when it, when, when it gets close to the line that they, they don't get the job done, I think Ipswich uh, are just a much better team. I think they'll do well. Sheffield Wednesday, I think, will struggle. Charlton were very interesting. I knew a lot of people who were involved at Charlton and there was talk about them doing well at the start of the you know, in the in the summer season, that they would spend money. New owner, they'll spend money. But I think Nigel Atkins is a great manager for Charlton. But I think they're going to be quite entertaining to watch Charlton this season. I think they're going to score a lot of goals. Um, and I, I bet a guy, their centre forward called Jaden Stockley. Um, I think he was twenty to one to be the top goal scorer in the um, in League One. Um, Stockley was on loan last year towards the end of the season with Charlton and did really really well. Um, he played in the championship for um, Preston and he found it a little bit tough, really. Uh, wasn't quite happy with the surroundings and he wasn't, you know, he didn't score the goals. But at Exeter, he was prolific at Exeter. But um, a lot of championship clubs wanted Stockley to go um, to, 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 to them. But um, he turned down higher wages to stay at Charlton. But one thing he did do is he, he signed quite a lucrative goal bonus. So... Um, if you've got a guy on quite a lucrative goal bonus, <laughs> uh, you know he's going to be. You know he's going to be wanting to take a lot of free kicks, a lot of penalties, a lot of goals. Will they put him on penalties then? Well, I, I think. Well, it depends. It depends how, how much how skinny he is that week. I think you want to take him. You know, I, I think. I think <laughs> no, I mean, uh, will the club know, will the club let him take penalties? They know every time he's going to. Yeah, score. well, I mean, I think I, I think he is the he's, he is the penalty taker at the club as well. So I think that. Um, yeah, I mean, but it. it it, that was a way to get him to sign, and you know, I think I think that's a huge factor if you're looking for a for a top goal scorer. But you know that someone's very hungry for goals because they're going to get a very you know healthy goal bonus rather than a, a wages. So yeah, I mean, a lot of people could get healthy wages, struggle a little bit, and still pick up the money. Whereas this boy is going to is going to be going all the way through the season. And I think Charlton will score a lot of goals under uh, Atkins. I think they'll I think they'll be very entertaining this season. So. I'm going to Charlton. I'm going to watch Charlton on Tuesday night, so um, I'll be able to come back and tell you tell you what I think of him when I next speak to you. But uh, Jane and Stockley at twenty to one's worth a couple of quid. 
Yeah, and just looking, I had the market up on the screen before, but the Betfred have got him at 11s and Bet365 have got him at 21. So another uh, interesting case where the odds are, yeah, far and wide. So, yeah, all right, cool, mate. Why don't we, uh, why don't we move over to League 2 then? Um, yeah, throw it to you, mate. What do you got here? Well, I mean, it's not going to be, um, you know, it's going to be very, very, the whole of this football league season, I feel that the the, the, best, the teams at the top end of the market are probably going to be the ones that, you know, who could, could win it at the end of the season. Um, I think Salford are worthy favourites, real worthy favourites. I mean, they've splashed the cash over the last few years. They're owned by, obviously, the, the Manchester United boys, Gary Neville, Phil Neville, Paul Scholes, Nicky Butt, uh, and all that lot, and uh, Ryan Giggs. Um, and they're, they're funded by a, a multi-millionaire businessman in uh, in Peter Lim, so um, billion, billion, probably a billionaire. But, um, so so they've got the financial power to absolutely smash this league, and they've tried to do it over the, over the last few years, and they haven't succeeded. But the one thing they've never really done is they've never really got the right man in charge. Graham Alexander was in charge last season and they've had, they've, they've had other different managers. I think they had three managerial changes last season. But they've got in Gary Bowyer, who, um, you know, he's probably not a certainty to last the season the way that they chop and change their managers. But towards the end of last season, he really got them playing. Um, you got to remember last season, Salford were they had the best home record in, in the league. They only lost once in 23 home games uh, at home. And they had the best defence in in the league, and um, they still didn't make the playoffs. And the reason why was because they drew so many games. They drew eleven games at home last season. Now they won eleven, drew eleven, lost one. And I think if they can turn those 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 games that they drew into winning games, it, they're, they're the side to beat. I think they've been very very shrewd in their uh, in their their transfer policy. They've realised that they needed goals, and they've gone out and bought players that could bring them goals. Um, and I think that they're definitely the um, they're definitely the side to beat. Um, they've, they've lost their goalkeeper, Hadpef, uh, who's gone to um, another name. I can never pronounce these names. I'm, I'm terrible. But he's oh, gone mate, to. I'm going to listen to a whole podcast if you're trying to li- pronounce his name. Uh, he's gone to um, he's gone to Ipswich, but they've brought in Tom King, um, who's a proven stopper in this division, and um, defensively they're strong. Um, They've got the obviously the financial power. If they, you know, if they need money at Christmas and, and they're in a winning position, I'm sure they'll spend money and get the players promotion. And uh, now they seem to have a goal threat. Um, you know, they brought in a, a centre forward from uh, Oldham, uh, his name escapes me again, who, who got loads of goals last season. Um, and they've got Henderson, who, who's their main goal threat up front. I think he got something like twenty odd goals last season. He's thirty seven now. So the goal threat now has been has been sorted. They've got the players who get the goals. Their fence has always never been a problem. And at home, they're virtually unbeatable. And, and you know, and I, 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 it sounds pretty um, pretty obvious because they're, um, they're the favourites, but I, I definitely think they're the side to beat. All right. Beautiful, mate. You've uh, you've talked a lot today, mate. Unfortunately, I couldn't give you a break. I don't, I don't know too much about the championship in League 1 and League 2. As you know, I'm quite discriminatory when it comes to comes to those leagues and didn't have George today, mate. So it's just uh you've done a you've done a good job. How are you feeling? Well as soon as you don't listen to anything I say, you, you can tell I'll ask you tomorrow what I said and you won't remember. So thanks No anyway. mate. Oh, I, 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 
I'm just a typical uh, typical guy that follows a tipster. I can tell you everything you want to bet. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, mate. We'll sum it all up. Championship League One and League Two. What's uh, out of everything you've talked about today? What's your What's your favourite bet out of all of them? Uh, I would probably have to say Ipswich in League One. I think they really mean business. Good good new owner, lots of money at the club, brilliant manager at this level. Signings have been superb, strength in every area, brilliant goalkeeper, brilliant central defender, two forwards up front who's going to get loads of goals and creative midfield. Ipswich to win League One. All right. Brilliant, mate. Uh, thank you very much today. You can find Nigel on Twitter at Sealy underscore Nigel and check out premiersportsplays.com. It would be a very good uh, decision to sign up ASAP because of all the future and outright bets uh, before the season kicks off. So this will be out today. So you've you know, essentially got one-ish kind of days before the, before the season kicks off. So head over and check out Nigel's website. Um, but, yeah, thank you very much, mate. We will be back next week with, uh, with a preview of the EPL Uh, We're going to have a preview of La Liga. We're going to have a preview of the UFC tomorrow too. So there's plenty of good stuff coming up. Um, But yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Please do a rate and review of the podcast. Subscribe to us wherever you listen. Give the video a like. would be tremendous. Uh, And yeah, we will see you sometime soon. Thank you very much again. Big Nige. Take care, mate. All the best.